Hey there, everybody. I'm Dave Butler. I'm Stefan Tager. Welcome to the Revival Podcast, where we just talk about every week uh, principles of faith, walking a life of faith, living a life of faith that just, I don't know, lead to revival. Just there's a lot about this world that could be so blah, you know, and yeah. I just feel like the answer really is just living this life of trust and change and love and just the principles of faith. Just I, they bring life and they bring light into the this this life journey and anyways that's what that's what we do every single week and we're so glad that you're here we keep it under 25 minutes that's our vow we have a timer here even to make sure that that happens here it is oh i was like i just wondered if you couldn't see it i was in charge of the time always that would be a bad idea but um we're super excited that you are here uh, today we are doing, every week we uh, kind of focus on some principles taught in the most recent general conference. And today is Elder Uchtdorf's talk, Jesus Christ is the strength of parents. This was his follow-up to six months ago, but Jesus Christ being the strength of youth. But this one is all about um, parenting is where this one goes. And it's like, oh my gosh, I remember um, getting back to our apartment when Jack was born our first baby and Jenny's mom had left a little like basket of goodies or something on the front porch, but then there was a note on the door that said, welcome to your new life. <laughs> and at first we were like, ha ha ha. It's so funny. But I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. The whole world changed don't for you, me, my whole world. Don't you think having a kid changes your life more than getting married? Like as far as adjusting, like your very way of being like uh, in the world, like 100%. no question. Yeah. yeah. Easy. I remember we brought William home from the hospital and he's just this cute little baby. We wrap him up, put him, put him in his crib. Kirsten and I walk away and we're, and we're like kind of nervous. Like, do we need to like watch him? Like he just sleeps. <laughs> like, like, what, like what are we supposed to do right now? You know, he just felt, he felt so vulnerable. And, you know. I legit took I, like Jack back to like the like, labor and delivery at the hospital. Like, no, you didn't. Yes, like we were home and I can't even remember what the question or problem I had was or I like needed, I actually think I needed like one of their, they'd given them this little syringe to help him like eat and whatever and I like lost it. I just can't even remember what it was but I legit went back to like the fourth floor of the hospital to labor and delivery. And I was like, hi, I I just had this problem and you know, they're like, you've checked out, sir. Like they were really nice and everything but I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like that what what? Like from day one, from day one. And now Jack is about to leave as a missionary. And I am just like, when did that happen? Number one. <laughs> and I'm just having I talked to this buddy of mine who he just sent off his first missionary. And he said, I went up to his room and I just cried. Mm. And he says, part of the tears were like, did I like teach him enough? Did I love him enough? Did I spend enough time with him? Like part of those were not just missing him, but just like, have I, have I, did I do a good job, you know, as a parent? And I, and I feel like, you know, that's a, a feeling every parent feels. I, I, I thought this line was like, it almost was like, Elder Uchtdorf, are you trying to make me feel better or, or like scared? But he just says, have you ever thought about the tremendous risk <laughs> Father in Heaven takes each time he sends a child to the earth? Mm. Right? Where he's just like, they are his and they have limitless potential. They're destined to become these glorious beings of goodness, grace, and truth. And yet... 
They come to earth completely helpless, barely able to do anything besides cry for help. Ugh. And he just like, what a, what a, what Wait a to- gamble. What a, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh. And then as a parent to be, to feel like I've been given this responsibility over a, like a person and like sometimes you get into the rhythm of life, but then sometimes like something will happen that stops you and you just, you begin to sense I get like just the gravity of that responsibility. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Like I feel overwhelmed with it. I feel not to sound cliche, but legitimate, like, like I'm not doing this right and I, I'm failing at this. I'm I'm just anyways, there's a lot of man, there's a lot of grit with being a parent. Yeah, and that, especially in the not just and I I don't just mean like logistically. There's a lot logistically <laughs> with being a parent, you know, where it's like oh, like the That's one details of, the of it yeah, are yeah. just but then you start to think about like just the spiritual and emotional well-being of a of a human and just I remember teaching seminary one time and the kid was like, my dad always says, you know, and said this line. And I went home and I was like, I don't even have an always says. Like, I don't have a lesson. I'm not even teaching the right lessons to the kids. Like, am I doing, am I doing this right? Um, in the Book of Mormon, when Alma the Elder has, Alma the Younger is a part of these, like this group that's trying to hurt the church, to tear down the church. In Mosiah 26, the Lord comes to him. And is and is going to answer his prayer about what to do about these apostates and and his boy, presume I mean, he might have been older. It's hard to tell from the text. And says it's a part of this group. And one of the first things that Lord says to him is Alma, you have eternal life. And President Uchtdorf, this is the first one of the first things he says to parents. My message to all parents is this: the Lord loves you. He is with you. He stands beside you. He is your strength in guiding your children to make righteous choices. Uh, I, I love that because the spirit of this seems to be like, look, the Lord is with you and he loves you. And, and, and obviously he's seen the good that you're doing as a parent. The first thing the Lord did was affirm Alma the Younger in that, in that older, text. Alma the Older. Sorry, elder. Alma the Elder, right? Older. <laughs> called him Alma the Older. But yeah. <laughs> Alma the Elderly. And, uh, and well, and it makes you maybe get a hint into, I, I'm just as a fellow father, like I, I, you know, when I, Alma's not a two-dimensional character in a black and white book, right? right? But right, just right. like, you would wonder why in answer to a question about what do I do about this? Why would, why would he affirm that first? And it's probably because Alma wonders like what I do wrong. Like, why am I failing at this? And, and you know, he, uh, he had a past Alma the elder did. And I don't know how old his kids were at the time, but sometimes I wonder, you know, do they, right? you know, and he's asking the question, he's like, is this my fault? Did I walk them down this road? Did I, you know, right. lead them into this? And, and I and that so that would be a natural thing for a, a parent to think. Elder Uchtdorf brings that up in here somewhere. He's like, you you know, you might feel that way too. Right. Where you're just like, I, I'm I'm not doing this very well. And the the temptation with with that is, and and that can stem from like a place of purity and goodness and love. But I'm so glad that President Uchtdorf started off by saying these are his spirit sons and daughters. They have limitless limitless potential. Like you just quoted, they are destined to become glorious beings of goodness, grace, and truth. 
because often the temptation with parenting is to make it about what, um, how people see us as parents, especially in our faith community. Yeah. The temptation can be like, oh, I need to be a good parent so I can be seen as a good parent. And one of the quickest ways to like ruin our kids is to use them to be seen as something that's good for ourselves, to get our sense of worth from being a good parent. Because then we need our kids to act a certain way. We have them get involved in sports or music or whatever because it gives us validity that we're doing something right, that we're okay. Yeah. And our, our um, you, you know, in the history of the world, teenagers usually really respond well to that kind of pressure, except for the fact that never once ever has that ever gone well when they can sense <laughs> someone, oh, you're just pressuring me so that you look better. Right. Yeah. And it is interesting how, you know, you almost hear uh, parents will say something like this. They'll actually assign like a kid's choices will use what they see in their kids' choices influences their views on God also. Just like, what have I done wrong? Right. You know, like am I, I thought I was doing everything right. Why is my kid not turning out right? And all of a sudden someone else's agency is, is they're taking that as ammunition to like fire it themselves. To just right. be like, I, I must, I must, you know, or that, or to fire to God to be like you're not fulfilling your promises to like take care of them and protect them and and watch over them and, and stuff like that. And I and I think it's worth noting he says in here. There's a lot of things that are involved in in, in this, right? One of them is um, he says Satan will oppose you, distract you, and try to discourage you. Mm. Like you can expect that that's going to happen. Right. You might not just battle with your teenagers. You're going to actually battle with your own self, <laughs> you know, your own worth, your identity, your relationship with God. Like all of those are going to affect. They're all going to be like bouncing off of each other in this experience of being a parent. And I think it's nice to like hold on, settle. That's why I love. He starts with that idea of like, stop. The Lord loves you. No, even if you're, if you're doing a bad job, a good job. Okay loves you, he's with you, he stands beside you, and he is willing, able, wanting to help you in this responsibility, right. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what, does a, what does an apostle of the Lord say about how to do this well? What does he teach us about how to parent well? One of the things he says is, don't delegate this source of heavenly blessings to anyone else. Within the framework of gospel values and principles, you are the ones to guide your children in the details of daily decisions. I love the phrase, the framework of gospel values and principles, because there is so much parenting advice. I mean, how many people on YouTube, Instagram, everywhere has yeah. has advice on how to parent well. And all of that's good and true. If and we, we take it. We take we, all yeah, of it, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But we just keep it within the framework of the gospel. And, and that can't be a framework that is sort of in the background the love of God, Christ crucified, are at the center of everything we teach our children. That first we're loved by God and we are accepted uh, in Christ, right, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that out of that grows the principles about where we begin to, to like parent and lead our children. Yeah, it just it not it inspires and fuels all of the decisions that I'm making as a parent. And I feel like that helps when it talks about guiding your children into making righteous choices. Um, on one end, you could say, well, I'm guiding them into 
an easier life for me. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't want you to get into trouble and everything like that. But I think most parents are in a spot of just like, I actually want you to live a happy, fulfilling life. And I'm going to guide you into that. And they're based off of these beliefs that I, right. you know, that I have. And so, and so, um, well, how does that look really practically? Well, it means that when we teach the gospel to our kids, or even if just in passing, we, you know, we're, we're constantly saying, I'm grateful for God's goodness in this way, right? Or if we're, we're trying to resolve conflict, we say, look, um, I don't know if you could say it this directly, but the framework is, look, our Father in Heaven loves all of his children and Christ died for your sibling, right? And again, that might be a lot Overkill and right, like right. fighting over an ice but cream if, bar. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. But if if there's a framework for that kind of thought in the house, then those types of things will start to make more sense. We'll connect basic human practices to the depth of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, and I and part of that is just yeah, I think it will just come naturally. I love that you said like if that's the framework of the entire house, like the like in this house, like we love well. In this house, we believe these certain if my kids know I make decisions based off of what I believe about the Father, God, the Father, and the Son, I make decisions based off of what I believe about y- your eternal destiny and mine. Like you just should know. Uh, I should say I'm trying to make decisions, you know, based right. off of 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 those things. But I, that's actually really powerful. Like like in that framework right. of it that it's happening. It, it might be one way to tell if we're actually doing that is just to do this little simple exercise and just say, if I were to ask my kids uh, w- what they think I want most in life, what would they say? Hmm. And because we can't hide our real intentions, they come out, especially among our family members. Like those are the people who map us the best, right? It's like those um, on Father's Day and Mother's Day, you know, the little fill in the blank questions that the yeah. kids like, maybe like the teachers ought to put in some like real, like more compelling questions, you know, that really help you see, you know, like what it is. <laughs> Cause some, like, you know, they're telling, right, they're right, telling, right, like it's right. like, I'm nervous every time to get that paper because I'm like, it was like, especially yeah. it was like my dad likes fill in the blank. I'm like, I'm about to find out if it's like his phone or something. It's like <laughs> a clean house you know, yeah, right? or, or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, something yeah. like that. Um, something my dad always says, you know, <laughs> go to bed or something like that. It's like, oh no. But like, what if they actually gave him like other questions that were right. like, <laughs> like it would just be helpful to see like, okay, what are you, you know, yeah. what are you yeah. observing? What are you... Um, so the first thing is to do everything within the framework of the gospel. Another thing President Uchtdorf says is a parent's love for a child is one of the strongest forces in the universe, is one of the few things on this earth that can truly be eternal. Now, okay, this seems so obvious to love your child, but a, a, so often, oh, what is that movie? Uh, Tangled. The, mm. the Is she like the stepmother evil? Like it's the woman who yeah, watches she, over. Yeah, like it's kidnapper. Right. She so creepily says, yeah, I don't know. She so creepily says like, but I love you or something like that. And it just goes to show that parents often will just say, of course I love you and I care about you and this is why I'm doing that, right? But it's it's so helpful to say, what does it really mean to love someone? Hmm. It means to care about someone's well-being on that basic level, to have agape love. The Greek word means I see them and I want their wholeness, their happiness, their joy. 
And I'm, am I really working towards that? Well, and I, I mean, I know as a dad, my love is alloyed, right? That just like I have deep down in my soul, good intentions. They also get mixed in with, you know, like, like when I put the kids to bed at night, for example, you're like, why do we have to go to bed? And part of it's like, because I actually want you to be healthy and like sleep well and, you know, not, you know, get sick. And, and then, but then I also, I'm like, and I want to not be responsible for you. because like, <laughs> Does that make sense? Like <laughs> I have some of that. I see that in me, that alloyed love that's in me and it's good to recognize. And, but also there is something about a parent's love that I just think that can't be dismissed. And I think you were saying something earlier today when we were talking that it, it's born of sacrifice, especially, you know, maybe most, especially for a mother like that, that baby comes as a, you know, on day one, they are the result of nine months of sacrifice. Right. And, and, a, and so right away on day one, there's a, there's a different kind of love for a child, you know, and, and not, and of, and then of course a, a father too, or it's just like, I've spent nine months of worry. I spent nine months of like rearranging my schedule in my life. I, I remember my mom telling me one time about my dad that he, my dad really wanted to be a, um, a surgeon and that was his dream. And, and if you're a surgeon, this is great or whatever. I'm just talking about my own dad. No one be offended. Okay. But just that he made a switch in, in his career and gave up something because of us, mm. you know, and he was like, he could have gone on to more school, but the kids came too quickly and, and he made switches and changes because of the kind of dad that he wanted to be. And I remember that really impacting me. And my mom told me when I was a young dad to just think about when I was talking about like, my own decisions I was making because of my little kids. And she was just like, so there's something about that where it's just like, this is a kind of love that it's a very Jesus kind of love where it comes of setting my own life aside for somebody else, sometimes in a really literal way. And, and I, I just would never want to dismiss that about how powerful and influential and when he says that's one of the only things that's eternal, to me that says that will always be something that could draw a child back and something that could be recognized by a child later on. It wasn't until my 30s that like that love of my dad from when I was two years old had an impact on me 28 years later. Mm. And when I was a seminary teacher, I remember, you know, like parents, I talked to parents and they would say, they come, they love your class so much, but they come home and they're just like, oh, Brother Butler taught this and Brother Butler taught that. And, you know, da, 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 da. And, and they would say like, I've been teaching him that my whole life. Like, <laughs> they only like it when you say it. And I was just like, just so you know, teenagers are like that. And you just watch who they start crying about in their farewell talk. Right. It's not going to be me, you know? And so there's something about it that, I think it, that's hopeful. It undergirds everything that just like, oh. Um, and we have to work as parents, if you're a parent, at you know keeping that pure and focusing on what those intentions actually are. But yeah. I just think it's it's nice to know that's there and it's eternal. And it, you know, that, that prodigal son knows he has a home to go back to. There's something about that. Yeah, it almost seems like that's the first step is to create an environment 
where people know that they have a home to go uh, back to prison or one of the basic steps. He says, your love for your children creates a rich environment for teaching truth and building faith. You know, uh, one of the most important things, maybe some people say the most important philosopher of the 20th century, his name is Martin Heidegger. And the, one of the things- Yeah, I've always thought he was probably the most important. <laughs> Top three, at least for me. <laughs> the debate is usually Heidegger or Wittgenstein, one of those two, but. Yeah, I, I used to be with Wittgenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Heidegger in his later work describes our technological age. And he says, um, basically what's happening in the modern world is everything is just becoming resource. And we're just trying to optimize our experiences and just creating everything to a resource so I can get more and more and more. And he says, one of the reasons why we're losing meaning is because there doesn't seem to be something that calls to us from beyond this like, oh, I just want more packaged food, more packaged, you know, um, like what are the amusement parks, vacations, blah, 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 blah. And one of the ways we break out of that is by becoming a parent. It's like this baby comes to you completely helpless hmm. and you don't get anything from that. It's especially initially, it is all sacrifice. And it's a totally different way of being in the world of, I'm just trying to optimize my experience, right? It's, uh, instead, life becomes about relationship hmm. and love, right? The kind of, like you were saying, like this kind of Christ-like love. And um, like parenting itself is sort of on trial in our culture. Some people say, ah, kids get in the way. There's a subtle, and this is actually one of the most beautiful ways to expand our soul because it's exactly the kind of thing that's not just a resource. These are humans that we're invited to take care of, you know? Yeah. There's great advice in this talk of just hopeful encouragement for parents on a journey of um, remember that, that he will warn you of hidden dangers. He'll reveal your children's gifts, their strengths, their unspoken concerns to you. And, and just talks about be a prayerful, God-reliant um parent. You can be a self-reliant food storage person, but be a God-reliant, you know, parent. And and just some of like the hopeful and encouraging things. I actually love that in this, I like circled this word when he's like, relax. <laughs> it's your brothers and sisters. Relax. All parents worry about, you know, some of these things. And, you know, to say, let's come back to that statement that you made. And I know you, you believe this, that, you know, sometimes in that motivation gets mixed in us that like, oh, am I, do I look good in front of other people? But for the most part, the high majority, when somebody has a child who struggles, it hurts the heart, you know, to see um, one of your kids like make some of the decisions and, and, and it's full, it's a hundred percent that you are just like, oh, I just, yeah, I, has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with me seeing them and wishing the very, very best for them and wanting them to have it right now. Like I don't, like I don't want to wait for it. I don't want to. And and I think there's a couple of things we could say to that. Um, one of them is at the very, very end. President Uchtdorf says, "Listen, you provide the environment, create the best possible conditions for growth. Growth. Allow them to make inspired choices and let God." work his miracle. Like that's really encouraging and practical advice, you know? But what do we want to say about maybe a parent who's just like, oh, my biggest, my greatest joy is my kids and my greatest heartbreak right now is my, Mm. you know, is my kids. I don't know. What what, what would you say? I don't know if this is, um, 
I, I th- this is I I don't know how this will be comforting. I hope it will be, but there are few more clear glimpses into heaven than a parent who deeply cares about their child, and so much so that uh, it might it might be causing them deep pain. Deep. That's I mean you think of Moses seven and Enoch looks up into heaven and he sees the. Uh, he sees the God of heaven weeping over the suffering of his children. And so just know that that kind of love uh, comes from the deepest divinity in you, yeah. right? And, uh, and, and, and then I would say, one, recognize that just like, oh, yeah, God himself experiences joy and pain simultaneously. Mm. And that's just part of being a person. It's part of be, just being a being, you know, right. that, that happens. Like we don't have only one feeling or one motivation at a time or one emotion at a time that they coexist. But I love that you said like this evidence of that divine love that is when your heart hurts, take it as a sign. You're just like, oh, that's evidence of divine love that's within this soul of mine. And and I would say lean into that. Yeah. Lean into that love let it motivate you, let it inspire you, let it, let it, um, guide, be the framework for your, what your next words are, choices are, you know? Right. And closely related to that is if there's anything the cross teaches us is that, um, like the darkest Fridays someday, somehow will turn into the brightest Sundays right? and God will make things right. And it will take, often will take time and suffering and sacrifice but if there's any uh, theology that creates a space for parents to have the most profound hope for their children, it's the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. And he says this then, this is why as a parent, you never give up, even if you're not proud of how things went in the past. With Jesus, the master healer and savior, there can always be a new beginning. He always gives hope and just let hope and healing and that promise of Friday turn Sunday be the prevailing, like, oh, the undergirding of, of, of your heart. So, all right. So good. See you next week. <laughs>